Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch the Track podcast, presented by the Dude Grim Show. I'm Dude. And I'm Grim. And today, we are going to discuss a personal favorite of mine when it comes to new rock, and that would be the self-titled album by the supergroup Them Crooked Vultures. Ooh, Grim, why don't you tell us who is in Them Crooked Vultures, because... It might be a trio of people that some of you people out there are familiar with. And if you're not, you fucking should be. Yeah. So we have Dave Grohl on drums. Yeah. Nirvana, Foo Fighters. Yeah. Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Done some shit. Joshua Hami. Joshua. Queens of the Stone Age. Caius. Desert Sessions. All around. Awesome. Solid. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then oh. somehow they just went ahead and they got John Paul Jones, uh, bassist of, um, I don't know, fucking Led Zeppelin. It's like, hey, if you're not doing anything, you want to yeah. play bass and awesome organ, keyboard. Piano, yeah. Well, and it's it's album. funny because if you if you look at like the um, the credits, I mean, so. Dave Grohl is credited with drums and backing vocals. Josh Homme is credited with lead vocals, guitars, and slide guitar. John Paul Jones's credits include bass, keyboards, clavinet, piano, guitar, lap steel guitar, slide bass guitar, mandolin, violin, and backing vocals. Wow. Holy shit. So for those of you scoring at home, that's a lot of stuff. So he's pretty good. And, and I feel like he was always an unsung hero of, Dude, of Led Zeppelin. I was going to say that. Yeah. I feel like he is the least talked about. I mean, people always talk about Jimmy Page. Obviously, you know, I mean, you can say Clapton is a guy, but Jimmy Page is fucking, yeah. I don't know what he is because he is like another world alien or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Plant, his vocals, his long blonde Unmatched, locks. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, he's just a beautiful human. And then... John Bottom, amazing drummer. And I, I feel like his sort of, I don't legacy, I hate to put it in these terms, his his grown because he passed away at such a young age. Um, that doesn't, I mean, he is a phenomenal yeah. drummer, but it's just one of those things where I think it, it grows. It, yeah. it, it grows. But John Paul Jones was just kind of like the quiet guy behind the scenes. Doing some badass shit. Oh, yeah. Like, he was doing some awesome stuff. And if you, I have that Led Zeppelin, and I know you have it too, that Led Zeppelin live DVD, where mm-hmm. you actually get to see them, well, perform live, obviously, and you just see all the stuff that he does. And oh, man, he's got a Rhodes on stage. He's got a Mellotron. I mean, dude. there's there's so many things that I'm not going to say aren't credited to him because they are, but I just think people don't realize what an incredible contribution yep. he had to, to, to the band. band. Yeah. Um, and, and another thing real quick, as you were talking about Robert Plant, I was going to let you know, dude, or uh, I, I kind of tend to be a podcast nerd nowadays. Robert Plant has a podcast called digging deep. That's Sweet. fucking great. He tells some of the stories behind like, his experiences oh. and what led to like <laughs> writing Led Zeppelin songs. Mm. And he just has such a nice like demeanor and charm about him. And the like way a cool he, dude. yeah. Yeah. Robert, he, if you're watching, we would love to have you on the scratch track podcast. Oh yeah. So, please you know, hit us up. Um, slide into our DMS. And a, another, another person that I would like to mention who is kind of a informal or partial member of, Queens of the Stone Age definitely participates in the Desert Sessions, I believe, is Elaine, jo- Elaine Johannes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he is credited for the recording on Dead Ed and Friends, Reptiles, and Interlude with Ludes, one of my favorites, and backing vocals. Um, but he also, I think, was the fourth member the when they when okay. they toured live. But he's done a lot of great stuff on Queens of the Stone Age stuff, and he's kind of been connected to Josh Homme in that like desert scene. Desert Storm Ninja Commando. Yeah. And he's <laughs> he's just an he's he seems like a really cool guy and a and a great musician. Is he and I don't know a whole lot about him. I think he's him. Chilean. I, I meant to I wasn't well, okay. Um 
is he been is he more of like a studio musician is he been in like bands or other bands or participating anybody that you know because i know i meant to look that up before i got on there and um obviously i didn't so maybe you're looking that up now but i am but, but his name popped out to me and i was just curious like who else he collaborated with because josh Hami does stuff with a bunch of other people and um i i, I mean obviously it's badass he's doing stuff with dave Grohl and john paul jones so i was just curious like who this dude was and if he had you know. well yes i'm glad you asked um he is the founding member of what they say are several alternative rock bands mm. including 11 which i have not heard of but he's been involved with queens of stone age them crooked vultures pj harvey chris cornell Ooh. arctic monkeys mark lanigan the desert sessions okay as both a musician and producer interesting okay yeah. all right so it uh, seems like a really, sounds like he's really good at what he does yeah yeah, yeah. really cool guy awesome that's pretty badass Dude. so i want to give a, a, mm-hmm. a shout out we haven't you know sometimes we forget to give shout outs um before we give shout outs let's let's give a shout out to everyone else and if you please would that would be really awesome um I was going to give a shout out to Mr. Leland Lee Bosman, who introduced me to this album back when I was playing in a band with him, Funkteenth Street. Um, He kind of hooked me on to them Crooked Vultures. And, you know, of course, he's like, dude, have you heard of this band? And I was like, no, I've, I've never heard of the name. And he's like, oh, here's who's in the band. And I'm like, how the fuck have I never heard of this? So... Thank you, Cliff Lee, for hooking that up because um, you're a great pitcher. Yeah, great find. Great pitcher. Um, dude, I have a question. Is this the best super group ever? Boy, that's a really good question. Um, and that's why I asked. There you go. I kind of want to say yes. Dirty Mac. Okay, no. Uh, second, the Dirty Mac has They never to... put out an album, though. Good point. Damn, Ventura. that's fucked up, yeah. Is this the best super group that put out an album? Yes, I, I think so. Temple of the Dog? Audio Slave? To me, this album, super. it's better than those. Okay. Uh, to me, now that's just one man's opinion. Yeah. But um, I kind of feel like that. And the reason I say that is because I think many people would argue Cream was a supergroup because you had three very prominent musicians. But let's face it, unless you were like in London in that time, I had prior to it's, Cream, I had never heard of Jack Bruce or Ginger, or Ginger Baker. Baker. Now people had heard of Clapton. Got But I. <laughs> You know, again, who am I? I wasn't there. I don't who know. Are you? But who? <laughs> but those those guys were very prominent in their own right. But I yeah. just not not having been there, hadn't heard of them. But I think it's safe to say that definitely had heard of Dave Grohl. <laughs> definitely had heard of Josh Homme, and most fucking certainly John Paul, Paul Jones. Jones. And how they got him to play, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I think it's super, super cool. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, dude, <clears throat> I, you know, this will, I think, come on the uh, the heels of some uh, previous, I guess, Foo Fighters albums. This episode will come out. I think previously we have done, uh, we've discussed their new album that's that, that just came out. Also, uh, the Foo Fighters debut album, but... Dave Grohl, like, let's talk about him for a second. I mean, dude, he's in Nirvana. He's their drummer. Yeah. We all know that whole story. We don't have to get into all that. But Nirvana ends. He's like, oh, well, I'm just going to go do my own thing. He In a week, he records the debut, like, Foo Fighters album. Which I still think is the best one. Just kind of fucking around. Yeah. You know Phenomenal. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then they become a huge band. Then... Um, Songs for the Deaf comes out. Josh Homme asks him to play drums on that. He plays drums on that. 
they tour together. He plays drums on With Teeth and Nine Inch Nails with Trent Reznor. Yeah. He plays drums on, the, I think, the majority of the songs on that album. Okay. And, and you're just like, dude, like, what can't you do? And, and you've, you know, we've talked about, what is it, um, uh, the, the documentaries that he's... Sound he, City. Sound City. And um, Sonic Highways Sonic was Highways. a really great series. I um, mean, in the, in, he seems like in, a cool dude. Like, yeah. I'm just like, hey, Dave... Come have it, have it, dude. Yeah, hang out cheers with to you. Hang yeah. out with I, I was actually gonna say, like, I think arguably, in my opinion, not arguably, but the like the coolest guy in rock and roll. I mean, yeah, just seems to be an a, a generally well respected, like, good cool dude. guy. Yeah. So like, subscribe, and comment. Below. Play the game. We want to scratch some tracks with us, Dave, and just hit us up. Slide into our DMs. We're we're open. Yeah. We're, we'll we'll hang out with you, man. You seem like a cool dude. I mean, we can just move the table forward. There's, yeah, there's another yeah. seat. Here. I can get a wider lens. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. It'll make everything bigger for all of yeah. us. Which you know, no man will. It looks ever like you to. couldn't fit a set down here, but you you can't see the other part. We can put Push it in between the Hammond organ and the clavinet. Yeah. So exactly, we're good. exactly. Well, so, anyways, them crooked vultures, uh, dude. I, I was honestly like. So when I was introduced to this album, I was already obviously a fan of Foo Fighters. Sure. Um, let well, first and foremost, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. Because they were out first. Yeah, um, then Foo Fighters the and then Foo Queens Foo. of the Stone Age. And so when I heard this, I, you know, immediately gravitated toward the music and was just like, This is awesome. And I I didn't I Full disclosure, did not hear about it in 2009 when it came out. I think I was probably a couple years late to the party, which it happens to the regretfully so. But I, I mean, I have listened to this album pretty regularly since it's in set or since since it, it was introduced to me and and really just just dug it. I mean. It, it it's interesting because I think that if you if you talk about Josh Hami, who I think is an just awesome musician, and I really like the stuff he puts out, there are some things that to me you can distinctly hear with him. And so, like I have the most recent Desert Sessions record upstairs. Dude, and, let's listen to that tomorrow. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah we right. listen to that regularly, Sweet. dude. Me and me and Lisa love that. Oh, I've album. never heard it. Oh yeah, I want to. Really yeah, good. That'd be awesome. So I can hear his influence in that. You can obviously hear it in Queens of the Stone Age. Yep. The one that really surprised me was when I had heard that Iggy Pop put out a new record some years ago uh called Post Pop Depression. That's right. And I listened to the record and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, fuck, dude, this sounds like Queens of the Stone Age. And then I read about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, because Josh Homme, another guy who's in Queens of the Stone Age, and the drummer for the Arctic Monkeys were basically the fucking band behind this. So it makes sense that it sounds like them. And I just think that's that's really cool about what he does is that there's – it's not like everything sounds the same by any means, but there's some sort of like feel or consistency that kind of comes through. And I really like his approach to music. Dude, really like it. No, that's, that's, that's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool that he has worked and collaborated with all these other musicians and, um, that's I don't know maybe that's something that it just has to do with the times that we live in now where you know as as a society we have so much more access to you know social media and listening to people but yeah. these musicians have access to like oh hey I'm going to call your people and you call my people and let's hang out and let's do this in a and, way that probably and, did not exist yeah before. and hey oh you're in you know I'm in California and you're in you know London and Oh, I'll just send you the tracks and you put them in Pro yeah. Tools. I'll put it in my part. I'll send them back to however it works. Like yeah. that's, that's pretty badass that, you know, people are able to collaborate like that. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure during these trying times, uh, you know, the gorillas put out an album when there's, 
You know, yeah, I, I, I with a lot of collaborations and stuff, I'm, I'm sure that's kind of how this stuff works when you're you can basically dude, you're trading files. Yeah. At that point. Right. But but I think in this instance, they like they were they, together. Yeah, they were physically well, together. And there's an interesting thing where I read that uh, it says in a 2019 post that Jimmy Page suggested that he could have been part of the band as well yeah. um, based on conversations he had with Dave Grohl. Holy shit balls! Would that have been amazing? Like him and Josh Homme playing opposite each other. I would like, not have been opposed to hearing that or seeing that live. Oh, I would have fucking barfed. <sighs> uh, like that. That'd be just. That's like, almost it, too much. Spew into this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah, you're gonna need a. Oof. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah, exactly. Um, the only thing in in reading about this, there are there are two big takeaways for me. Number one really fucking disappointed that I didn't know about it earlier to have caught them on tour. Really, really would have loved to have caught them on tour. Yeah, that's one of those things that unfortunately, you know, you know, it kind of sucks a little bit because there's, there's time. I mean, life happens, right? Things get in the way and you're like, Oh shit. You know, maybe for, three to six months, I kind of wasn't paying attention to the scene and didn't know that this was happening. The album was coming out or maybe there was a tour being put together or whatever. And you just, you just kind of miss out on it. Well, and I, I missed out on it just from my own sort of, um, I don't want to say reluctance, but I'm going to say ignorance to technology. Like I'm good with recording technology. Uh, but let me put it to you this way. So a couple of years after I found out about this album, I met my wife. And of course, I, I had my own house at this time. And, you know, she would come over to the house when we were dating. And she asked me if I had Wi-Fi. I, dude, I did not know what Wi-Fi was. Because my shit was hardwired in. And like, dude, I just... Dude, I still had a flip phone, dude. It's like 2011. I mean, this is this is where I was. I'm just kind of like you know behind yeah, a little bit, no. and that that's just you know, yeah. it's amazing that 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 we're here now because you know. I mean, look at this setup we got going. Yeah, this is it, live. Like, there, there's there's fucking dude. This is connected via Wi-Fi, so like it, we're okay now. Yeah, but at the time I was like, "What the fuck is that shit?" Yeah, like what a dipshit, right? Yeah, so fucking walk out. Oh, she should have. Yeah, she probably should have. Many, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so found out about this, and you know, here we are. Um, So, new Fang, new Fang was the single that they released, which, which I. Looking at it, I understand why it was a single. I know we're not getting the tracks quite yet, but dude, that won a fucking Grammy, didn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, for best you know hard rock performance, all whatever stupid fucking name they give these. Yeah, songs, but I, I think know. that's I think that's cool, um, dude. Not that e- any of these guys probably give half of a shit about the Grammys, but I still think that's cool yeah. because honestly, uh, that that was one thing that I've always thought about this album is that. I can't think of any modern rock music that I would put, you know, like there, there are very few things that I would like categorize with this is like, this was released as modern rock music and I rank it up okay. this high. Well, when I think about this, I mean, this is, let's say we're, well, the album was released technically in, you know, November of 2009. So just about 2010, 2010, you know, I mean, rock music is, and obviously this is varying opinion here, but I would say in the popular culture is taken sort of a step back. Oh yeah. And, and I think about, all right, what are the, what are the top rock music bands, like real rock music bands, mm-hmm. you know, and the ones that obviously always come to the forefront for me are, you know, Radiohead, Nine Inch Nails, but Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Definitely. But see, I and, don't put Radiohead in the same category as oh, these oh, guys. Definitely not. Definitely. They're they're this fucking is, Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is yes. like rock music. Yeah, this is rock. You know? This is yeah. rock music. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, because Radiohead's not making OK Computer Part Five at this point. Right? And even OK Computer is still on a different plane than this album. Yeah. Pablo Honey, maybe. No. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Mm-hmm. How's yeah. that? How's that smoked old fashioned treating oh, you, dude? Fucking smoky. It's it's not bad, dude. It's not bad. I'm, I'll probably keep drinking it. I think we got enough syrup for one more round. Shit. We're in luck. Um. So I will say, and I, I would love. I, I've I've been on YouTube, and for those of you who haven't, check out some interviews on YouTube. Search, you know, them crooked vultures and everything, and yeah. you get a, a little bit of a flavor. They did uh, a handful of. You know, I guess well, I would call them press interviews. Yeah, um, sure. With with the press, but it's all three of them before shows, after shows, before t- you know, around tour time and everything when they were doing this stuff. And it, it's pretty cool to see them all in the same room and get an interview and answering questions. It's basically the same questions, the same answers, like over and over but and dude, over again. Those like Dave Grohl and Josh Homme had to be fucking geek because you know those guys grew up on Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and I, I think I remember hearing an interview or something where. I, I feel like it was Dave Grohl because he's he's pretty vocal and talkative, and you know he he like recalled some conversation where he was talking with Josh Homme about it, and he was like, "Wait, like like John Paul Jones, like from Led Zeppelin, yeah." And the two of them were like, "Holy shit! Like, how is this happening?" Not like the John Paul Jones from like St. Louis, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 no, yeah, like sure. yeah, that dude, yeah, yeah, that dude, man, that was been. That must have been pretty sweet. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it, that must have been really fucking cool. Um, well, yeah, there's there is information out there, and um, you can see the interviews and and whatnot. And I just think it's I think it's pretty cool that these guys got together and they put an album together. And then I saw interviews shortly after this album came out, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're in the studio. We're working on a second album." I was and just blah, gonna blah, 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 talk blah. about that. And it, it, what it, a fucking bummer that it, that is not out. It, it hasn't happened. I mean, the thing it is, it hasn't though, happened yet. As William Shatner yet. said, yeah, no, it hasn't yeah, happened yeah. yet. But you know, Josh Homme did more Queens of the Stone Age stuff. Uh, Dave Grohl did more uh, Foo Fighters. Fighters stuff. Personally, I don't know what John Paul Jones is really been working on and doing. But at this point in his yeah. life, he doesn't need to fucking work on anything. No, like he's like, he's, he's good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I strive to be good. Uh, I'm not there yet, but that's why I'm going to keep doing these episodes. Yeah. So um, I think we might be getting close, Graham. I think we might need to get into these tracks here in uh, in one hot minute. Well, let's go ahead and uh, scroll down and get into them. All right. Let's do that. Get into the tracks. We're going to scratch these tracks, folks. Or at least one. So. Ooh, and I got mine picked. The albums start. Yeah, me too. The, I think. Oh, this is shit. a tough one for me. Um, the album starts out, I think, really strong with No One Loves Me and Neither Do I. And I think this is a, I think a lot of these songs are interesting because I, I believe at the time Josh Homme was uh, married to Brody Daly. Um, yes. But a lot of them talk about other relationships or instances. So this one particular seems to just talk about some chick that he just met at some point. And maybe it's not him. Maybe it's uh, speaking in third person. But it seems like it's about some chick he just met. Uh, The line that comes to mind is, and she asked if I was rich, could I use a dirty bitch course? And I said, no, <laughs> yeah. And then, so the whole thing is, the whole da, thing is da, like da, da. two people that like really kind of have this self-loathing. And so no one loves me and neither do I. Yeah. Um, Looks like a good But time. I, I really love, yeah, that breakdown. Yeah, it gets, it gets nice and heavy. Um, well, I, one thing that I, I found overall with this album and not just with, with this song, but. And and I think one of the reviewers actually said like, oh, it, it kind of sounds it, it sounds if if I take like Queens of the Stone Age, Foo Fighters, Led Zeppelin, it it does have more of the Queens feel. One thing I would really like to know is uh, the creative process they went yeah. they went through in writing this album because I feel like they are maybe more Josh Homme's mm-hmm. sort of songs and they have more his um, you know creative pen on them. Um, yeah, but I would like to know how the others, you know, I mean, filled in, which I'm sure they had a lot of creative input, but, um, this song definitely has kind of that feel in uh, his, his vocal cadence. Yeah. A lot of these songs it's is, his. Is, yeah. is very cool. Um, 
but this song it has a very like kind of like along with other songs like this choppy kind of yeah, yeah. kind of and I like that yeah. well well that's um, is it a trademark of Queens? Would you say? I, or I would because like, I I like the fact that I think when they were recording, maybe villains, like before the recording of the album was done, and they just like let fans know they were recording. I think they released this post that just said like, "The robots are back," and there's something about that like robotic kind of. <laughs> You know that the, just the just the the cadence of it all that I really like though because it it's you know the only thing I guess I think of with that with that sort of bit is is almost like hip hop because it right mm-hmm. but 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 you mix that with like this heavy rock and it, it's just something all its own and it's I that it really it does it for me yeah well I think you know we were talking a little earlier about other rock bands of this era and and again maybe i'm just disconnected and we talked about a little bit of our radio nine nails queens of the stone age and stuff but there's just not there's not a ton of like in the forefront and pop music culture like real rock bands no like, like absolutely like, not like, it's oh, all okay. chicken shit Th- nowadays. That's, that's cool you can play yeah. with distortion no no no, no 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 like dude we rock yeah, and, and dude, they have the light. They they have everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I I know they're, they're the fucking they're real fucking deal, wieners now, but um, <laughs> I like hot dogs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in in this song, I think it both lyrically and um, you know, everything that goes along with it kind of exemplifies that. But I like Mind Eraser, No Chaser because the Mind Eraser is actually a cocktail. Oh, sounds fucking strong one dude. yeah um i i should look up the recipe i i should have dude what i should have done is brought my cocktail book down here because fucking just destroy your um, careers over yeah one drink at a time. yeah uh but the mind eraser is a cocktail and it consists of Ooh, let's look it looks interesting to me uh, oh it hails from the 1980s but I like the fact that the the, the song is called. Oh, uh, looks like mind eraser. Um, so it's got coffee liqueur, mm. vodka, okay, and club soda. That doesn't sound that great. Um, not how I would make a cocktail, but and I surely shit wouldn't call it a fucking mind eraser. Yeah, for for coffee liqueur and vodka, dude. I'll tell you what, say, if you want to talk about a mind eraser, have the fucking Corpse Survivor number two. Equal parts gin, Cointreau, Cochi Americano, which is like a 13, 14% aperitif wine, and then lemon juice. Like, that one will fuck you up. That's a mind eraser. Yeah, that's a mind eraser, not this shit. Anyways, not the song, though. The song is awesome, and I like that they say no chaser. It is. And... Uh, I think I kind of referenced earlier uh, in in the previous track, which is the only track we've talked about, um, sort of these other rock bands, maybe that might be rock bands, but kind of on the lighter side. Oh, yeah. And um, this song actually reminds me a little bit of them in their vocals. And there's two bands I'm going to reference. And I hope the fans don't kill me out there because I'm sure you are out there. But the way it's sung in some of the harmonies that are in the background, it kind of has like a killer's Franz Ferdinand feeling a little bit. To but if me. they, well, I like Franz Ferdinand, not a killer's fan. Yeah. But if the killers didn't it, it, suck, but, but it, yeah. or I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not a killer's fan, but I, I see what you mean. Yeah. That was not fair. I apologize for exactly. any fans out there. That was, that was not cool. Please subscribe below. Um, <laughs> Or like taking one note of that. <laughs> yep. Um, but he, the way he sings this, it has that sort of, I, I don't want to call it quite poppy. Yeah. But it, 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 the, the way that he, the way he sings it and then it has those kind of background harmonies really reminds me of some of the work that, that they've done. Um, one of my favorite lines in the song, it's a quick line and it has fits the song with mind eraser and no chaser, which is, 
actually really cool, man, because it's like, dude, mine eraser. We're doing some shots. No chaser. This is not like there's this is a mixer, but mm-hmm. dude, I could just man, what if I just took this down right now? I'm not gonna do it. Um yeah, you shouldn't do no, that. I, I make I make strong ground. Because we got another like 12 songs to go through. Um, but the line, dude, DIY kit lobotomy. Botomy, I know. All oh, right. Like, dude, it's, it's like, hey, I'm, can I get a t- two for one? Is the, there like the other buy thing one, that get it, one free? That I've store? really liked is give me the reason why the mind's a terrible thing to waste. Hmm. Understanding is cruel, as the monkey said, as it's launched to yeah. space. Like that that's just I've never heard a line like that in any other, any other song. And I just I think that's a re- that's really clever writing. That's really clever writing. It's pretty dope. It is awesome. All right, then we get to I, th- I believe the first single. Off yeah, the album, new which, fang, which was which was new fang, and that uh, I think we discussed earlier won the Grammy for best rock performance. Yeah. Um. And I, dude, I I I love this song. It has it's got um, some slide in it. It does. It reminds me a little bit of uh, kind of the first song in a certain sense of it has this like. I know we talk about this this sort of choppy mm-hmm. feeling a little bit, but I also feel like it has like a bounce, yeah, yeah, sort of. And um, I, I really, really like it. It's like kind of like the song you can just if you're sitting there and you're listening, you got your fucking earbuds, headphones on, you can just kind of tap your foot to, and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I I dig it. So uh, his cadence is great, but uh it's it's a it's just like really good rock song that that moves and i really like in that first verse when he's like he says want to yes i do and he yeah. like you're really yes, yeah exactly I I, yeah, he I just like he kind of he, he plays it. yeah he plays with the singing and it's it's really good yeah um it's just he, he kind of has fun with it and that's yeah kinda, that's what i dig about it right now the next song um, I'm going to, I'm actually going to go ahead and just throw this out there because, um, Oh, this is the one you're going to scratch. Okay, cool. Well, oh, we'll just end this no. episode here. Dude, this All is right. actually no. my favorite song on the album. Oh shit. Son. Dead end friends. Yeah. Um, I, I dude, it's just, it's Tell got us the, why uh, everything about it. Um, why? I think musically it's amazing. I like the lyrics and, and I like that, dude, I feel like most people, can relate to this like you got those fucking dead end friends like everyone has them now maybe you don't have them now in your life but you had them you Gosh. had them when you were younger or at some point it's like oh, you, and you know what out. oh okay cool yeah dude you know what what do they say i know who you are and i open the door and jump in like dude it just everything about it is reminiscent of of something in people's lives and dude nights in my veins it's calling me raging around these arter or racing around these arteries I, I i don't know i ache for the touch of my dead end friends like i gotta know is is there death at the end of the road like there, there's word, just man. yeah there's there's yep. and i i love the music you know what it reminds me of is the doors american prayer interesting where he's like doesn't he say that in american prayer he's like i'm gonna go get in this car with these, these people, people and get fucked up. up yeah like that that's what comes to my head when i hear this song and i've i just i just love how that it's interesting you yeah. say that because um later on there is a song that actually reminds me of some door stuff um which this is such an interesting album too because you bring in a variety of, i mean these three musicians but you know, you could say Josh Homme and um, Dave Grohl are pretty much from the same era. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you Absolutely. bring in sort of a, a throwback from John Paul Jones. I mean, yeah. he's, he's just older. He's, you know, he's been around longer um, with just different influences and mm-hmm. different feelings. And thinking about this album and listening to it, there are moments where I was listening to it. And I was like, man, that. That really reminds me. It does remind you of Led Zeppelin at oh, certain points. Oh, dude, absolutely. And, and it's it's really cool because it reminds me of Led Zeppelin in certain parts, even though maybe John Paul Jones, you know, wasn't singing that part or playing guitar on that part yeah. or playing drums on I, that I, part. I understand. But you're like, fuck, man. Yeah, that, I know. 
that there's influence there. And that's yeah. why I'm very curious about the the writing. I know. And the the creative collaboration of this album because you can see there's uh, there's just those influences that that twist and turn a little bit and and how were these songs kind of came up and, and evolved. So are we still on Dead and Friends? Well, we can move on. But Well, I just want to say one thing I, I really like too is how you know it kind of it kind of starts with that riff and then mm-hmm. and then Josh Homme's playing that that mm-hmm. that other riff and then he does the thing that is like total punk he's like pick it up boom and then it and then it comes in you know yeah i just dude this song like that that's the one like i can just listen to over and over and and the next one too which we'll go Elef- into in elephants and I don't understand how elephants make sense maybe in the song, but they kind of bring it in. So it makes sense. But I've always really liked that line of, um, I slick back my hair. Yeah. You know, the devil's in there. Yeah. He does sing. He does reference elephants in the song. And and it should be noted in this album. It's, it's, it's interesting for, for a, a kind of a, I don't know if I'd say a straightforward rock album. Um, there's some longer, it, oh yeah, some longer songs, and this one is one of the longer ones, and it comes in, I think, at just under seven minutes. Oh wow, um, I love this song. Which it 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 um, you know, it's got a really good opening riff, uh, yeah, which is, which is kind of cool. And there is, I, I at a certain point, I think it's about halfway through, it kind of transitions and and moves slightly. It's not this dramatic transition, but it transitions to, into yeah. another part. Um, and again, it kind of goes into choppy, but that opening riff is is, is very mm-hmm. cool in, in in the in the way that it. And I've always I've works. always liked to me where I hear like the the title being introduced um, along with just this this other these other like themes is like lumbering giants in a shameful parade, which you can envision the elements right, the lumbering giants. We came to ruin all and make a rotten trade like that. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it, good lyrics. I one of my favorites. So here's the thing, Grim, and um, I'm going to move on to the next song. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I got something about this one too. Bag blues, and I'm curious. I am very curious to what you have about this song because when I heard this, when I first heard this song, it reminded me actually of two songs. It, it, it reminded me of one song and a band that are different, the same era. First of all, it reminds me. Can I guess the band? Yeah. Cream. Yep. Yeah. You motherfucker. Yeah. Uh That's what I was going to ask you, man. What's the band? Dude, it is. Dude. I know. It is so cream. And I think I I read something once where somebody compared it to that, but I didn't need to read it. I just listened to the song. And there's, it's like Jack Bruce's vocals, bum, like bum, bum, yeah. bum, 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 I feel free, yeah, scumbag yep. blues, dude, right? yeah. dude. It's so fucking is, man. It is so that. It I'm is, so glad it, you heard dude, that because that's yeah. I mean, to a fucking T. It I know. really was. Now I will say this: when I referenced earlier the the song that it reminded me of, and this is just for like man, two or three seconds right in the beginning. I believe it is. Um, Jimi Hendrix's fifty was it fifty first anniversary or something? Is it wasn't that is on audio experience or yeah uh, yeah? Just whatever that opening like little guitar riff is just for the opening second mm-hmm. reminds me of. I mean, we're talking like two seconds. Reminds me of the opening little guitar part of this song, and then it completely changes. There's some strumming dun, pattern or dun, something. Dun, yeah, dun, yeah, dun, yeah, dun, yeah, yeah. That's dun. what it is exactly. Wait, wait. That, that's what it is, man. Yeah, yeah. But dude, it goes from that right into fucking oh. cream. It is so cream, man. I, I just, dude. I'm I, glad that you heard that dude, because yeah. I was waiting to talk about that, and I wondered if that uh-huh. was kind of what you got out of it. Well, and then the thing is, is it, it has that right, but then it goes at that part once the uh, and you're gonna know what instrument it is. I'm sure uh, John Paul Jones comes in, and it's trampled underfoot. Oh yeah, the clavinet. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. he. I mean, of course. Bum, bum, he, bum, bum, he, I wish I would have had mine ready to play right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a piece but, of shit. But but I love it because yeah. you get that 
um, you sort of get that. You get the modern day Zepp- yeah. Zeppelin yeah. touch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. So I know. Good, man. Oh, I know. It sweet, is. Dude. It's yeah, great like, that you heard the yeah. cream, and I think that's a great thing because I, I agree. Like you hear the cream, but you don't just hear the clavinet. You hear like reminiscence of trampled underfoot. Oh, and I, I absolutely agree so with much, that. Which is one of my favorite Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So right. bandoliers. Bandoliers. Uh, bandoliers, I, I like it because it kind of changes. It's a little darker. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to me, I, I don't. It, this isn't like um, some of these other songs where it's like I distinctly hear something else or something that it's influenced by. I feel like this song is a song that I hadn't heard or a band that I hadn't heard. And um, I'm not saying that I'm going to scratch this song, but Bandoliers is not my favorite okay. um, song on the album. But I do think that the words and the music fit really well together and about this prepare and take aim and then fire and fire away. Because, you know, a bandolier is a fucking one of those straps of bullets that... Oh, dude, I didn't... That's okay. what the word bandolier means, yeah. Sweet. One of those big straps of bullets that people wear. So no bullets. It, yeah, it sounds like something about um, people. Hope you have a heavy new year. Fighting, yeah. Can't anymore. Wah, wah. Yeah. Um, All the soldiers fighting. Yes, New York and Boston. Oh yeah, and all the soldiers fighting in Vietnam. For reptiles. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. before we get to oh, uh, past family. My bad. So. Um, one thing I, when I was listening to it and this is, comes from a production perspective, uh, cause earlier I was listening to it in headphones, which I hadn't done before. And I noticed that, and this is just such a small thing, but you had like sort of the, the main rhythm guitar kind of playing, I guess, playing this riff and in the right, and it's playing it mostly in the right channel, but then they did a cool thing where the, they almost doubled it, but doubled it just for like a like a split second, and in the left ear, and it kind of harmonizes with it. Oh yeah, yeah, and, sure. And I just thought that was really cool. No, like, that is cool. Like I was like, oh okay, man, that's just such a different thing to do because most people, I feel like, with you have this, they just double the riff. Yeah, they double the riff, and also you'd be playing it in both channels, you know, like yeah. equally, right? But they're like putting but in that- more over here. And then it comes in for a second. It's doubled yeah. for a second. I, but that, like that. that kind of brings me back to when we were talking about animals, because when you hear that, that David Gilmore solo, it's like, it's, it's the, the principle or the, the main tonic riff in one. And then it's like up by a third in the other. And so when you hear it together, it's Dude. that harmonizing of humana, guitars. Humana, humana, humana. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a long, long season. season. Uh, long season. All right. Uh, moving on. Reptiles. reptiles. Now, not to be confused with reptile by Nanda Snails. On the downward spiral. On the downward spiral, which we're all, I mean, let's be honest. We're all fucking going down there. Yeah. Ooh, Mark, the truth canoe. Sure to real. Thanks, Mark. Um, reptiles. Yeah. Um, I I like this one. It's got some slide guitar in it, and I, I like you know for some reason, um, you know how like certain certain lyrics will always get you. Uh huh. And the one that gets me in this song is where he's like, "You foreign tourist." <laughs> like I I don't know what it is about it, but I really like that you that stupid lyric. American. No. Yeah. Um. So this song it was interesting when I was listening to this song earlier, and I hate to always. Compare it to other music and other sounds. When I was listening to this song, the sort of the beat and the tempo, although in this in this song, it's faster and much grittier. It actually reminds me of The Sky Has Fallen. There's it 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 if you listen okay. to The Sky Has Fallen and you listen to this song, yeah, I can, um, I can hear similar. This one is it's a little more. It's definitely more up tempo and has a grittier sound. But there's something about it that just really uh, reminded me the sky has fallen, which okay. is which is a, a, a great song off Songs of the Deaf. Um, yeah, One of the best. I, I dig it. I dig it. Um, but also there's um, there's acoustic that I hear. Oh, in, yeah. in this song. Oh, that's yeah. Playing rhythm, which I don't hear in a lot of the other songs. At least it's not predominant. 
True. And and that's one thing I've always liked about this, the acoustic. And I'm not sure if the acoustics on the slide, because I like that. Yeah, that that's I think that's a really nice touch. Very shroomy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shrooms in the slide guitar. That's by the Almond Brothers, you know? Yeah, peeking at the beacon. Dude. Dude, I'll eat a peach. So speaking, interlude with ludes. Okay. All right. Yes. And this is one. Remember when I talked to you earlier and I was like, dude, I want to talk about a song it has nothing to do with the song. Yeah. Right. Dude, I've never done a lewd. No, me I don't either. think you have either. No, right? I haven't. I mean, and I, I don't know what it's like, but I have but a feeling. But it seems it, like it'd it, it be like, like this. this song. And you also haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street. And there was a phenomenal scene where Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill, they do ludes. Okay. Okay. And. Jonah Hill shows, he's like, he's like, dude, I got these ones. These are lemons. They're like, like top grade, like the lemons, not, not in the car, not, not in the terms of like, oh, you got a shit car or something. Yeah, like, no, no, I like, get it. Like, the, yeah, yeah, right, no, 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 they're, they're called lemons. And so, dude, they take them. And then they're like, oh man, I'm not, I'm not feeling nothing. Right. Oh, <laughs> Creepers, right? Oh. So like, oh, let's take some more. I'm still not feeling it. Let's take some more. And dude, they get fucked up. Is that where they crash a helicopter? No. I haven't watched no, the movie, no, but I've no, heard it. No, no, but that's that's in the movie. Um, no, he crashes his Lamborghini. Sort of. Oh, yeah. Sorry. But anyways, dude, it's a phenomenal scene. And the cool thing is though, is that Jonah Hill, he's getting interviewed. With him and Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio before the movie is... Well, no, the movie's been out. Okay. This guy's interviewing him, and he asks him about that scene. And Joan Hill's like, yeah, I tried to find some to to take <laughs> uh, just to see what it'd be like. And I couldn't find any. Like, dude, they're non-existent. They're gone. Yeah. Like, like, they're gone. So if anybody out there, if you guys have dabbled, we're not suggesting you do that. But if you dabbled and you have experience... Yeah, one, tell us about it. Is it realistic? To that scene yeah. in the movie, and it's, does it also feel like this sound or the song? Now, because I have a feeling it 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 is. It's a trippy song, man. I think so too. Now, yeah. one thing I want to mention about it mm-hmm. is that it's based on this repeating loop. Now, if you've ever listened to, I would argue my favorite podcast, other than the Scratch, uh, Scratch track, track presented by the Dude, Dude and Groom Show, Disgraceland. Jake Brennan always starts out the episodes with like this kind of cheesy music. And he's like, that's that. That was not great music. That was a pre-recorded loop for my Mellotron. That I I am very fucking certain that that is a loop on a Mellotron doing, doing that sound. And they're just, yeah. And I love the lyrics in there. Like they're just so kind of weird. Like, you know, I, it's so hard to apologize. So I'm just going to skip it. Like there's just great. It's, I don't know. I could see why that would be a lot of people scratch, but it sure as shit is not mine. Cause yeah. I love that song. It's so weird. Yeah. And since we got three minutes left, we should really move on to the next couple of songs and kind of skate out my friend. Yeah. All right. So Warsaw are the first breath you take before you give up. Longest song on the album. Seven yeah. minutes and 50 seconds. Dude. Now to me, that is most reminiscent of Queens of the Stone Age. Just yes. with that, it's very like robotic in its feel. Yeah, yep. they're. I mean, dude. But one of my favorites, yeah, easily one no, of my dude, favorites. It's, it's Top fucking, three. No, absolutely, it's great. And um, I yeah, dude, it's it's got a really gritty sound to it. Oh, Definitely yeah. dig it. And there's parts in it, and I know I referenced this earlier. That remind me a little bit of the doors. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, right? When they get right. into the oh, when they yeah. get into that breakdown. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yep. And then we move on to Caligula, which, dude, Caligula was actually supposed to be in the name of the band yes. initially, but somebody but it else was took taken. it. Just like yeah. more. I mean, duh. Yeah. But Caligula. Um, and that's that's kind of um I, I don't really know how to describe the song. It, it's just my Caligula. Uh, yeah. Uh, dude, the, I, I would just say, dude, the song kind of, it it drives and it hits. Um, and the, dude, I feel like some of the vocals were actually recorded. And I feel like this on some of the other songs. The vocals recorded um, on in sort of a bigger room 
or yeah, at least yeah, yeah. a yeah, little yeah. bit of dis- now. We're talking, I'm not talking about like Isaac Brock. No, distance, yeah, but but, but more but it, more so than than this. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I feel like some of them recorded in a bigger room. Um, and it's I, I think it's it's a cool song, man. I, I totally dig it. Um, we move on, dude. Gunman. All right, Nintendo Super Mario. In the beginning, yeah, dude. That little intro, man, dude. It's it's so Super mm-hmm. Mario to me. Like yeah. I I totally totally dig got it. that driving beat. Yes, the dude. Such a good such a good groove. Song moves along. Um, but yeah, I can't like when I hear, it, I'm like, dude. Oh, it's got this Mario. I know. Sound. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Keep playing. I like Mario. Yeah, good shit. I like the I like the lyrics. It's kind of dark, but dude, spinning in the daffodils. That's one of your faves, isn't it? Oh, top three for sure. My top three, Spinning in the Daffodils, um, Warsaw, or Warsaw, Elephants, or in, in Dead End Friends. But dude, Spinning in the Daffodils, there is a video that Josh Hami did um, where he's playing this song just solo acoustic, like outdoors, yeah. and it is fucking awesome. I think I've seen that. So good. And and to me, this might be my favorite song on the album. It's got the, the there's Mellotron. I mean, like everything in it is so awesome. I love how it changes. And I think it's a the it's piano dark, intro, the, but the piano it's intro good. is gorgeous. I love, I think it's a great way to end the album. Dude, my favorite line, holes that need to be filled. Yeah. It's like McGruber says, I like holes. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So what's your favorite song on the album? Ooh. All right. So I'm going to be really freaking lame here. Uh, I'm going with New Fang. Um, okay. I, that's I do, fair. I do dig it. I love it. It's my faves. I still think uh, I, I I have trouble deciphering between Spinning in the Daffodils or Dead End Friends. Okay. But those would be top two. Okay. So Tee without up. further ado. Tee up. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Okay. I am going to scratch Caligulove. Oh, not a terrible song. Just not my favorite. Like, and, and if it's, if there was one, I was going to skip can easily go from Warsaw into gunman. No problem. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and scratch my white stripe song elephants. Oh, I know. And let me tell you why, dude, let me just, what the fuck is that? shit? I think it just said it. Okay. I'm going to scratch it because it is repetitive, but I like it. And it's time to go on the Dude and Grim show. Scratch a track is produced by the Dude and Grim. Additional music provided by Moore and the Tims. Copyright 2021. The Dude and Grim show.